Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Griffin Air Conditioning. Visit them at griffinair.com.au. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legend Series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. It's a tale about a kid, a wild one with the world at his feet, how one moment can change a life. It's about promise, tragedy, starting over and fight, a whole lot of fight. It's a name you may not have heard, it's a story you'll never forget. But who is Darcy Ward? Who is he? Um, Yeah, tough question to start off with. Um... I mean, now I am a husband mm. uh, and uh, I like to call myself retired. Nice. But, um, yeah, no, obviously tragically injured. But, um, yeah, just a old speedway rider that was um, had a destiny to be someone great and tragically cut short and, and uh, stopped in my tracks, as they say. What is Speedway Motorcycle Racing? We'll try and paint a verbal picture for those not familiar with it. It actually started in Australia back in the 1920s. They're custom-made bikes that race on a dirt oval about 500 metres in length. The bike itself, methanol fueled, 500cc engine, producing up to 85 brake horsepower. That is an amazing power-to-weight ratio and no brakes. So yeah. I'll say that again, no brakes. Don't is, need them. You do need brakes on anything, Das. Is that a fair introduction to the basics? It's a it's a great um, introduction. Yeah, you know, people, you, you know, in saying that with the bikes and how how crazy you've just made it sound, I've had a lot of riders in in different disciplines that have come over to Speedway and had a go and gone, no thanks. Yeah, I you know, the, the no brakes is um something that fears people. I think mm. that the, the no brakes. But, um, you know, they're designed to go sideways and they're designed to do what they do. So um, you, you grow up riding them and, and doing it, then then uh, it becomes sort of natural and it, it doesn't seem that crazy. But, um, yeah, no, that's that's uh, a good way. To and faster than an F1 to 0 to 100. Is that really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How did your motorcycle journey begin? My old boy, mate. I guess that's where yeah. you know, the DNA starts with any – Anyone in any type of sport that makes it, I guess. Um, yeah, no, my old boy was uh, just a local weekend warrior mm. right near Brisbane, and um, it was a bit back, a bit bigger back here in the day. So yeah, it was. So um, there was a bit more of like the English boys who would come over mm. and do test match. So he actually rode for Australia as a reserve um, one year or maybe a couple of series. I, oh, I don't quite know, but um, yeah, I guess he's uh, he put the DNA into me. 
Um, and then, and then, yeah, just growing up, he just pushed it into me, and obviously, I loved it, so it wasn't a push, but it was uh, what was put in front of me, and, and something I chased. You're a rare talent from the very beginning. Were there any thoughts in those early days this could be a genuine career, or was it a young kid having fun and just ripping in and tearing? Yeah, a tough, tough one because I always look back and think, what did I think when I was younger of, you know, did I want to make it or where, where was I going with it or, or yeah. what am I going to do? But all blank to me, to be honest. I was just enjoying it. Just, um, you know, we were a poor family and my parents and mostly my dad, my parents were split up at the at the time and so – uh, my dad was the bike guy. That was yeah. the thing we did on the weekend. So it was sort of his push, but obviously mum had a part in her little part in yep. it too, so have to give her credit. Yeah, no, it was just something that was, um, you know, I don't know if I wanted to chase it. I watched it a lot. I mm. watched all the top boys and obviously got to see um, something that was high, you know, at the top level, but um, the top level. So so maybe that engaged me to, yeah. to you know, that's where I want to be. That's what I want to do. But it was not something that me and Dad sat down and um, and mapped out a future no, not with. Not at yeah. all. Not at all. Das, what made you so good, so young, or what makes anyone so good, so young on a bike? Is it talent? Is it natural ability, determination, huge balls, being crazy, a combination of everything? What is it? Yeah, I think a bit of everything. I mean, we just touched on my dad mm. giving me the DNA and and. Um, Racing every weekend and uh, traveling Australia, uh, you know. I rode a push bike to school every day. I went to the skate park every day. I played football. Um, I did everything. So I mean, just just being an active kid, and and then um, yeah, just riding my push bike every day mm. and and uh, racing my motorbike. And uh, when I go to dad on weekends, he'd have a, we had a track in his his. Um, he had a bike records at the time and had a track in his front yard where I'd practice speedway. So, Lovely. so I, I was privileged in that way yep. to 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 have everything right at my uh, everything thrown at me and, and take what I can get, you yep. know. So just that combination and and then you know I was obviously had the natural talent, but then I also was a bit loose and love it yeah. and um, was a bit wild on the bike. So I mean that come from where I grew up. I grew up in in Camera and Springfield and. And uh, got in a bit of trouble with the boys when I was yeah. younger, just being kids. But you know that made me who I was, and I wasn't scared to, you know, wasn't scared to do anything on the bike. You know, everything anybody who becomes any good at anything is a, is a group of things that, especially motorbike racing. You know, all these like Marquez. You know, he didn't just ride road bikes. He yeah. does. The, he's the best because he can throw a motocross bike around. You can give him anything, and he can do it. So. Um, yeah, it's all about your structure and your DNA of, you know, growing up and when you, when you get to that point of um, your peak, it's, a, it's what you got there from what you did earlier. So, You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Check out the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Were you the, the original wild child on and off the track? <laughs> I mean, there's been some before me, but um, if you ask a lot of people that have that are, have seen me and and then the people before me, I, I think uh, like I give it a good run, I give yeah, it a good, good nudge. Man. But uh, oh, look, I, you know, it comes it comes with problems too, I guess. Couple of national under twenty one titles. You moved to the UK in two thousand nine to go racing. 
Speedway is huge over there and in Europe. For a young man, that's also a massive life adjustment. What was the move like? Yeah, it was it was it was crazy winning, like I said, just a national title um, before I went. But then, but then to to go over there as sixteen, um, I, I was fortunate enough that my dad come with me the first mm. year. Um, I didn't have a license and, and couldn't get around and and um, figuring it out. It was it's you know I moved to the other side of the world. We lived in a caravan at the track for the first year together and. Um, and and it was an experience, but you know, the first year was there was a lot of people trying to direct me, and a lot of people that wanted to help, and mm. and we wanted to do our own thing. You know, yep. we, we were we, we'd got this far by just my dad and and uh, a couple of people directing us, so we we really didn't listen to many people. And sometimes advice is lovely, but an overload of advice becomes overwhelming. Yeah, well, they're all not going to be right for me, are yeah. they? You know. They might have had different experiences that are gonna that have been good for them or or for whoever they help. But for me, I, I was unique and different, so we wanted to um, just go on our own on our own feet and do our own thing. So yeah, but to go over there when I was sixteen and live in a caravan for the first year, and, and you know what, it was great. It was yeah. one of the best years I had because there was no pressure on me. There was no. Um, there was no nothing. I yeah. mean, I was a young kid that had just been coming into the spotlight, and everybody, you know, obviously having an eye on me of who I was and where I was going to go, and and uh, had a had a target on my back at a very early stage. It certainly so, did. So, um, yeah, no, nah, it was a it was a wild year. We'll return to your racing career, but this is probably more so a story about overcoming adversity and personal challenges than a story just solely focused on sport. Five years ago, almost to the day as we sit here, August 23rd, 2015, your life changed forever. What happened? Yeah, yeah, man. It was a, it was a good day. We were winning and I'd mm. just come back from a suspension that I had from the sport um, and I'd just been back for about a month and a half and, and, and didn't, you know, when I come back, I was as fit as ever. I was obviously determined because something was taken away from mm. me and, um, you know, my dream w- was on pause. So when I come back, I was hungry to chase it and obviously I had a motorbike crash, a speedway crash, and that has left me as a, a quadriplegic with a C6 injury spinal cord. So uh, a bit devastating, of course. It's mm. dramatically changed my life and... And that life I lived before, I don't live much of it anymore. The whole day that happened was just was just um, a tragic, mate. You can't you can't pinpoint anything about it, and and uh, there's nothing that will be pinpointed about it. It was just um, one of those days that, unfortunately, is just um, it is what it is. You're in second place. You're, you're going round the corner. Your bike accelerates and almost. Almost bucks in a in a horsing term, your front wheel clips the leading bike, and and you high side. You land very awkwardly on the back of your neck, but then you also crash into the the barricade that surrounds the speedway at some speed. At speed, what do you remember of the actual accident, or is the night a complete blank? No, all of it, all of it, man. I um, I remember it all. Yeah, so that that whole race, we we we'd already won. Um, as a team, so I wasn't I wasn't worried about coming second. I was cool. I've had a great day. We've already won. He's fast. 
Yep. We don't need to chase him down. Um, so I was looking after my teammate a bit and the whole race was just me being chilled. Like I didn't mm. want to didn't I didn't want to pass old mate. But um yeah, I just happened to be just too fast to be honest. I've watched it with a couple of mates and we talk about it and just the way I rode and the way I rode my bike, I was I was almost too fast and it didn't because I was relaxed, I was didn't realise how quick I could catch him. And uh yeah, just clipped his back wheel and um tucked the neck and as I tucked my body compressed my spine and then um slid into the fence and um uh, yeah the the compress of the spine when I tucked is what done the damage but then when I hit the fence it dislocated my neck and broke my arm. Wanna know what's coming up on the Legend series? Stalk us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at the Andy Raymond. Um, but yeah, no, I remember laying there and, and um, you know, the paramedics coming over and saying, you're right, mate. And I was like, oh, like I can't feel nothing, like stressing out. Can't feel nothing, but my arm hurts. But, um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm in Poland too, you got to remember. So, yeah. so like old mates come over like half, half broken English going, you're right, mate. And I'm like, oh, like I can't feel nothing. And then uh, once we mechanics come over who work for me and, Got into the ambo, I remember everything. And then just remember, of course, the lights when you're laying down, lights in the hospital flashing yeah. over your head. And then uh, the next couple of days were a bit of a blur, quite medicated up, obviously, and uh, after surgery and that. But um, ah, tough times. They were the toughest times. Uh, yeah. the, the first week, the first week of realisation and and uh, uh, the first month, but the first week was tough, but the first month was hard. But, yeah, they were the first week in Poland. You know, I'm in the Polish hospital, um, third world. Yeah, in a crazy way, not not that not that bad, but in its way, it it's is. It's a very different world. It's a very different yeah. world. No, bro, you know, no English and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it was tough. It was tough, but we got through it. We got through it. When did you realize this is serious? Maybe when I first did it. Yeah. I mean, now I look back, but at that time, did I know? Oh, tricky one, but for sure when I woke up and mm. within the first couple of hours and people around me um, with Chris Holder and my Monster Energy, Joe Parsons, um, well, it was probably for sure the, you know, the first two out straight away, mate, you're pretty, you're pretty uh, stuffed up yeah. <laughs> laying there on the bed. You know what's going on and you, you know it's um, no good. So you're taken from the track in an ambulance. What's the process from the moment you arrive at the hospital? Don't remember. We, no. we went straight. I, I remember um, a bit of phone calls going on because the doctor who was can do the surgery was not there at the time. Okay. So, um, he lived nearby, but he, so he had to come in. They had to call him up and get him to come in and and uh, do the surgery. But he was also watching watching the speedway, the doctor. So um, he was already well aware that I was he, on my way to hospital. He knew he was getting he, a call. He knew he was getting a call. Mm. He, he wasn't sure, but it. He's obviously a very good doctor in that in Zilanagora, which is the town that I crashed yep. in. Um, so, yeah, just straight to surgery, man. So yeah, the diagnosis was immediate. They knew, yeah, what had happened and what needed to be done to fix it. Yeah, straight. I do a CC, CT scan and busted. Trying to get an understanding of how <sighs> you're feeling at this point, you've got this type of news dropped on you. You're in a heap of pain. You're confused. You're probably feeling 
very alone lying in hospital and you're in a Polish hospital with doctors in broken English. Uh, not a lot's going right for you so far tonight. Tough yeah. gig, tough gig. Um, yeah, no, nah, the Polish, like, they're all nice and they're obviously trying to do the right thing, but for, for a foreigner and an international, it's super hard. I mean... And, you know, I had the right people around me, though. My mechanics come to the hospital. Yep. They're Polish. So, um, and, you know, the doctors are doing all the right things. But just, just the next couple of days in the hospital, you know, just, um, you know, trying to get food or, you know, at that stage when it was first injury, I couldn't move my arms. So, you know, it was uh, it was super tough to uh, – I, I remember the, the second night in hospital – and uh, I was trying to have a sleep um, as best I could, but the light above me was on, and I could obviously I couldn't turn it off. And I was calling the lady over, and I was can't move my hands, so I'm just pointing with my head, like looking at the light, going turn that off. And she had no, she just had no idea. So that light, oh. like just something like that, something little, just stick. and that's probably where it sunk in the frustration. Yep. You know, once I got frustrated with what had happened to me. That's when it sunk in of like, you know, shit, like what is going on? I can't even get this lady to turn the light off, nor can I get up and turn the light off. Something as simple as communication. Communication. Yeah. So so that was – now now I look back, that was, that was a huge moment. That was the saddest night. Um, Nelly of my life, to be honest, that was a, that was a cra- crazy time. Tough it, week. Like I said, that oh, was a tough week. I, I can't imagine it. Um, most people would find – Will be able to recall a moment that they started to panic. Was there ever that moment for you, where the the reality set in? Um, I mean, like I said, the first week was tough, but I mean, where it started to set in was probably you know I did a week in Poland, mm. um, and then we caught a ambulance aeroplane back to England, where I went to a, a full rehabilitation centre, which was a great place in Buckinghamshire. Um, in England, um, near Milton Keynes, so um, that was a great place. But about a month into the rehab, there of of figuring out what I can and can't do, and um, obviously getting a lot more knowledge of where I'm going to go and what my life's going to be mm. and what do I want to do. And I was living over there at the time and had Liz over there. Obviously, you know, well, what are we going to do? You know, for the future, am I going to get a job here in Australia? Probably not. If I stayed there, I'd probably get one in Speedway in in somehow. So, you know, what do we want to do? But um, so a lot, just so much, mate. It was a life change. So um, yeah, probably probably about a month of trying to figure out um where I'm at and yeah. where am I going to go was probably where it sunk in of you know shit like this is. Yeah. Life's changed. So that, that one I just had's gone. So let's figure out the new one I'm planning and let's figure it out quick because it's coming. Next it's here. Step, yeah. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic, and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal.
How important was it to have the lovely Lizzie by your side, a, a hand to hold, um, no. someone to to comfort you? Ah, oh, you can't put words of you know what it means and, and what it did for me and what it did for a lot of people around me too. Mm. Um, yeah, there's no words to describe it, mate. Um, you know, I, I would feel like I would be a very sad guy in my life right now if I didn't have Liz. Mm. Um, just due to you know what she does for me and how she makes me feel, and um, just the love she's got for me is is like no other. And and uh, yeah, oh, mate, those first you know now I've never really thought about it too much, but mm. now I look back at those hospital days um, in England when she was there every day and every night. If I didn't have her there, like what what would have it been? I, I just yeah. think it would have been a sad. Lonely time, so, yeah, very grateful, very grateful. Sadly, you're not the first Speedway rider to suffer an injury like this. Did races from the past in a similar position touch base? Were they able to inspire or drive you or comfort you in any way? I would say comfort. Yeah. But, um, look, not a, not, a, not a great deal. A couple of the guys who were similar to me are a bit older. And, yep. And uh, some greats, mate, Per Jonsson, Eric yep. Gunderson. Um, so, you know, there's been some greats. I'm not the first great, I guess, to mm. go out. But, um, yeah, no, look, I, um, you, you know, before this happened to me, you would never think, you know, I never really thought about it and, you know, and I never raced the bike with fear. So I never, it never crossed my mind um, of the dangers or anything like that. So the countless nights spent in hospital, was it a time you reflected on what you'd done in life? what you wanted to do or what you could no longer do? Because they're, they're three different things and I'm, I'm trying to get a gauge of your mindset. Um, I would – yeah, okay, I get I get where you're going with that. Um, you know, did I think about what – I mean, a mixture, right? Like probably probably that point in time where I was going to go because, you know, we were thinking about moving back to Australia yeah. and, and I'm thinking about Liz, you know, what, I'm, what we're going to do together and – and what's going to be best for us in the future, yep. and and also myself too. So, um, yeah, I would say the future, but a lot, a lot now because I'm now I'm really established here in Australia, yep. and and to be honest, life's you know for me life's life's great. I don't have any complaints to be honest. Um, but yeah, now and now there's a lot of reflection of you know yeah. I've, I've thought of a lot lately as the Grand Prix are coming up. Where would I be today? You know, yep. where would I? You know, I'd be in Poland racing right now, and and uh, and uh, where what would have I achieved so far? You know, with the last five years, you know. So um, there's a lot of reflection, a lot more now, um, and for sure, you know, we, we talk about it with my mates. Do you still do you look at the TV now and think, I know I can beat him, and he's in third, <laughs> so I'd be in second. Do you I, still that I, competitive edge? I'm an analyzer. Yeah. I'm an analyzer. Okay. Like you know, when I'm watching Speedway, I. I I see things wrong straight away. Um, And like I said earlier, like I'm trying to help my best mate at the moment, Ryan Douglas, so I'm always thinking about what they're doing wrong so next time he's here I can explain to him, hey, watch and and learn. So, um, yeah, I'm an analyzer. I've um, The the first three or four years, within the last year, I've trained myself to step back a bit because I was um, just watching it too much and just – 
criticizing in my head what they're doing wrong just because i don't know it's a new change in my life and and uh, maybe i had some bad feelings towards it but um i end up teaching myself hey look just enjoy it just watch it and enjoy it don't pick it apart and pick it apart so um yeah no it's changed a bit you're listening to andy raymond unfiltered the legend series we have corporate and private sponsorship packages available you set the terms for further information on how you can become part of the team, go to the website andyraymondunfiltered.com.au and hit the sponsorship tab. What kept you going in the darker times? What was your, your push, your motivation, your drive? Oh, probably Liz, to be honest. I mean, oh, just, I don't know, I mean, I don't know what my drive was. I mean, you know, there, there can be drives, there can not be drives. It is... You know, uh, they're the cards that I'm dealt with. Yep. So I just um, just tackle it with what I with what I got. You know, just um, you know, I had a dream to move back to Australia and um, buy a house, get a dog. You know, we have a dog. Obviously, you've met and um, the great bear, the great bear, yeah. and it's Liz's first dog. So we had spoke about that in the hospital and uh, and drew pictures together and all that kind of stuff and all that cute rubbish but um but um yeah so so that was the dream mate that was that was the goals and um here we are we have it all so like i said life's good and and um uh, just keep chasing right are you a naturally positive guy by nature i would say so i yeah. mean i i have dark days but like from what i have one dark day a month, maybe. Yeah. And that dark day is just, you know, we aren't human. Everybody, yeah. you know, everybody has it. I'm a, I'm quite um, bouncy and I'm quite positive. Like I said, I'm, I'm very grateful. Like I have a nice house, beautiful wife. Life's good. I see kids from my rehab center. Um, they just have nothing, you know. Yeah. They have family and that, but, you know, like it's just tough. So, mm. um, I'm just grateful for what I got. Those dark days, are they becoming fewer? Are they the days that you you just think, fuck it, this is too hard? Yeah. Um, those dark days are more of um, frustration. You know, yeah. when, obviously I'm only limited to do a certain amount of things and, and uh, you know, my life when I was racing was unbelievable. I'm I'm in three different countries a week. Mm. You know, I got three people working for me. I'm dealing with sponsors. Like I'm my own manager. I'm racing. I'm I'm um, making sure my bikes are good. Living like, like a rock star. Like, yeah. Living like a rock star. I'm also partying. You know, twi- yeah. once or twice a week. Depends how busy my week is. But I was a young kid with money. Yep. So you know um, that comes with trouble too. But it, you know all the stuff that comes with. That I don't want to say because the wife's around, but like you know, just the partying and people in Australia probably don't get just how big this is overseas. Mm. I mean, in the UK, in Europe, Poland, Denmark, in particular, absolute rock stars. Yeah, yeah. Like my my any town that the speedway's in in, in Poland, uh, especially my hometown, which was Tyron. Like you know, we can't walk the streets. It's it's you know, it's just it's, it's the same as the you know Broncos or whatever walking down Brisbane. Hundred percent, everybody will know you. It's um, mm. we would go out to restaurants and be harassed a lot, but 
um, you know, I say harassed, that's probably not the right way to say it because we used to enjoy it. We yeah. were, me and my friend Chris, we we were cool with all that kind of stuff. Mm. You know, you don't get paid just to race, you get paid to be the, the sports person. So yeah. Um yeah, no, look now look back and even during the time, mate, it was fascinating just to have people admire yeah. it, you know. It's a it's a it's a it's a crazy thing, but um it's also a beautiful thing too. Darcy, are you a goal setter? No. No. No, I'm not. Just run it. Is that just run it. Yeah. Think of something and, and, and go and do it. How big of a a deal was getting out of the chair, even for a limited time, and doing so when you married Lizzie? Yeah, just with me standing up and everything. Yep. Yeah. And, um, yeah, obviously, um, you know, being confined to a chair, the body deteriorates um, quite quick. You can imagine sitting down every day, you would mm. waste away, but... Um, yeah, so standing up is a huge part of my rehabilitation at the moment and will be for the rest of my life. But, uh, yeah, standing at the wedding, of course, is it was um, was a goal of mine, although I don't nice. have goals. But, um, yeah, just to, be, just to be at the end of the aisle standing up and just to be at eye level with Liz was um, a dream come true. And, and um, you know, I can't thank everybody enough to help me, you know, help me achieve that, to achieve yeah. that. But um, yeah, no, it was, it's a it was a beautiful day, that's for sure. Who do you think it was more special for seeing you on your feet for the wedding, you or Liz, or are we calling dead heat? Um, uh, I would say Liz. Um, yeah, I would say Liz. Yeah. Oh, you know, even Liz sees Liz was Liz sees me stand up. Hey, <laughs> Liz sees me stand up. So I would say some other people, to be honest, that yeah. that um. You know, Liz comes to my rehab center and and watches me work out and stand up a lot, so um, it's not too foreign for her of my current state. But for some people at the wedding who don't come to my rehab mm. center, have only seen me in the chair for a couple of years before that, it was probably a bit of a shock. Yeah. Not a, sh- a shock's the word, but a bit of a you know they were fascinated to they to were. see me stand up again and obviously to do it on my wedding day. So. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legend series, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. Best weekly review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat. When you look back at your career, are you able to do it fondly or do you try not to think about it? In what regard? Are you content looking back and reminiscing or is that just not the type of guy you are or does it hurt to do so? No, I, 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 watch, I watch videos of myself. Yeah. Um, main part of that is I'm trying to help trying to help my mate, like I said. Yep. So, you know, obviously the, how good I was, there was a reason and I was doing stuff right. So I'm also still studying myself to yep. implant that into him. A two-time world champ in the under-21s. Athletes often say the first one is the most special. That was Croatia. Was it more special? It, it was because w- this was my first year in, in Europe. So I'm not a contender. I'm, I'm I'm a 16-year-old kid that has just come from Australia and it's his first uh, first year in Europe. So when we went down there, we weren't really – I mean, I was also already racing in Europe, so people were aware of what I could do. But, but you're a, 
you're, as you said, you're a 16 year old in an under 21 field. Yeah, you're not yeah. meant to win it. I'm not meant to win yeah. it. So, um, yeah, I, I was definitely the underdog, but um, yeah, we turned up. It was a good day for me. I, um, you know, the track was a little bit rough. Mm. Um, didn't bother me. I was never never worried about a rough track. And um, yeah, we went home and took the gold. And you know, it surprised me. I had great great help that year. I was racing in pole and um, in the extra league for the first year. And uh, so they supplied me with bikes, top mechanics, the whole the whole the whole deal. So I was quite fortunate to um, yeah to take a gold that day. But you know, I definitely deserved that day. I was on fire and mm. and it was unexpected. But um, yeah, take it. You can't take it away. Yeah. You debuted at the Big Dance, the Speedway Grand Prix in 2011, a couple of rounds. You set out 2012. Then you won your first round of the championship, Copenhagen, in 2013. What are your memories of that night? Is that dreams come true? Yeah, so that was um, – I'd just come back from a, a broken shoulder. Um, so I was out for six weeks and it was my first race back. So um, – also, under not meant to win, <laughs> not meant to win. But um, yeah, nah. So yeah, it was it was a good year for me that before I crashed. You know, I was battling for the world championship, and then unfortunately went out to break my shoulder. Um, sat on the sidelines for six weeks with my scapula. Um, still feeling it. Um, and yeah, then come back and and uh, did a practice day on that Thursday, and then won the Grand Prix on the Saturday, and um, that was huge for me. I was um. Yeah, my first GP win and obviously before I got injured it was my first year in a Grand Prix and I'd been battling. So um, to be able to come back straight from a shoulder injury and, and uh, just surprise everybody and, I mean, you know, to some people it was surprised but some people it probably wasn't because they knew how capable I was at that yeah. part of my career. So, What's the highlight? Is there is there one night or one achievement that you look back on more fondly than anything else? Um. Not one. That's a tricky one. Maybe 2011 when I raced in the Grand Prix and got a third as a wild card. Yep. I was like 18 or 17. Um, but to be honest, the, the the highlight of my career was when I come back in 2015 from my suspension and and uh, come back focused. You know, mm-hmm. the years before, I was I was sort of focused. I mean, I was focused, but I wasn't doing the right things to be a yep. champion. Um, I took it for granted because I had a lot of natural talent, so I didn't have to work for it, um, which you know cost me in the end. But um, when I come back to 2015, I was um, I was the best I'd ever been, and yeah. I was the best you could be. So um, I had done a lot, I had ten months off and had been motocrossing a lot. Um, so obviously, I'm training my brain and getting better on just any type of bike, you know. And then when I come back to 2015, um, I was. A level above everybody, yep. so um, that was my. You know, I got to come back and and show everybody, hey, just remember, you I'm know, here. I'm here and I'm back, and um, you know, I remember a lot of people really remembering that kind of stuff. You know, how's the emotion now of watching, hearing, and smelling the methanol when you you uh, you head to the track to watch? Uh, it's a it's all right. Um, I like helping the kids, like we we spoke about off air. Mm. That um, you know, I'm getting involved a bit more now for the first for the first couple of years of being back here in Australia and going to the track. I was just sitting up on a hill and 
I was a bit, I don't know, maybe I was a bit shy to go down there and, and, uh, you know, obviously being in a wheelchair, I'm not, maybe I'm not as confident as what I used to be, yep. but, um, takes time to figure out who you are again and stuff like that. So I'm at that stage now, but, um, yeah, so, so to be able to go back to the tracks now and, uh, and be in the mix and help the kids and, and, uh, like you said, smell the, smell the methanol and oil and, and uh, be down there. It's a blast, mate. I'm really enjoying it. It's the only way I can be involved in the sport now. So, so give it my all in that category. So, um, yeah, no, I'm really, I'm enjoying it. I think it, it's, you know, I'm still in love with the sport, and yeah. I still think it's great. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to see what I can do with the kids in the future. And, and, uh, yeah, just keep being a part of it and try build the sport. It's not as big here in Australia anymore. And it's died off because yeah. no one's really pushing it. So um, I've got I've got a lot of goals with the sport for um, for next year, and I had a couple this year, but COVID bloody took over. So mm. so we'll push for next year and uh, and uh, just try boost it that a little bit more here in Australia and give these kids kids and teenagers the opportunity a bit more to be ready to tackle it for when they go over there. The new Sydney Motorsport Park going in proposal is that there's a, a solo track on the inside that would be a huge shot in the arm wouldn't it and, and a must have in the biggest city in australia oh mate that would be um that would be, it'd be good for the sport that's all it's yep. going to be good for and good for the kid there's a lot of kids down towards sydney way mm. you know and uh, they got curry curry down there at the moment but um you know we, we you just want as many tracks as you can get but um uh, it'd be, it would be good to, you know, obviously a new facility is going to be nice yep. and uh, to have a solo track in the middle. You know, who knows what we can we can get there, you know. we I, I'm obviously in very good connections with a lot of international riders, so I have huge plans for the sport here in Australia, but um, we, we're just stuck at the moment. But, you know, Sydney can also, with a stadium like that, a stadium, a complex like mm. that, who knows, you know, yep. we, it doesn't have to always be in Brisbane. It can always... Um, be both you know obviously Brisbane is my heart so I'm always gonna push it here at Nudgy and do my stuff here but uh, we can always extend that to bigger and better what's the next chapter in your young life um I, w- I would say it's back into speedway mm. um I've been really getting involved a lot lately and I've been really enjoying it and um I ha- like I said I have a lot of plans for next year um to 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 help the kids and then to help the sport uh, and to do do some kind of series and and uh, it, you know when the boys come back from Europe in the summer, um, speedway goes off here. There's, yeah, you know it, go, it goes great. You know we get thousands of people and we get meetings here and there and everybody travels, and then they all go and it stops and the kids who who we're trying to develop are, are forgotten about. You know they mm. get their club days. And their little stuff, but they don't get to race under the lights and be a part of the show and and uh, get their confidence up in front of crowds and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I believe I'm the guy to um to uh, mix it up and get it going again. So, I'll give it a red hot crack. See what we got. It's been a pleasure, Darcy Ward. You sir are a legend. Cheers, mate. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Legend Series. Throughout the month of September, we're dropping a new episode every third day. Be sure to subscribe to Andy Raymond Unfiltered wherever you're listening 
And to ensure you don't miss any news on what's coming up, follow our social media pages at The Andy Raymond. Dropping Thursdays, starting October 1st, it's The Weekly Wodge. It's a little bit of this, plenty of that. A mix of the serious and the not-so. Interviews, segments, specials and special guests. If you enjoy the lighter side of the wonderful world of sport and fart jokes, you'll enjoy The Weekly Watch. Come back soon, legends. 